Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, doll? <laughs> I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 368, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. Oh, it's going to be a fun one today because it is mock draft podcast time as we do basically once a week. We've got, let's see, this will be our second to last one because we'll have this one, then we'll have next week, and then the week after that, the draft is here. The Cowboys draft is upon us. It's getting that close. We'll see how it turns out for us today. Got some notes about the Stars, the Rangers, even a couple of little things around the block that might raise an eyebrow for some of you. We shall see, but it's all made possible, of course, by our great sponsors, and that starts with Greening Law. A lot of you know, it's been almost two years since I got in my car accident, and the very next Monday, picked up the phone, called Greening Law, said, look, man, I had a green light and was driving through an intersection, and somebody decided, hey, that car looks like they'd be fun to pull out in front of, and Greening Law looked at the police report and all the facts of the case and said, you know what? You've got a case, and they brought me on, and I'm so happy that they did because the magic that they work behind the scenes with the insurance companies, getting you, one, the help that you need. When we talk about how they allow you to heal and you get renewal, literally that's what you focus on because they're doing all that stuff behind the scenes for you that I wouldn't, I would have no idea how to do it without being led by Greening Law. Again, if you find yourself in this situation, you need to make that call. Yeah, and and, you know, I think the thing that that we also tell people is not just just car accidents man it's medical malpractice it's property accidents somewhere away from your crib it's workplace litigation it's sexual assault they do a lot of different stuff man but what they do you know is they take you on if they take you on as a client after you give them your details man it's a great day for you because all these processes take time but they walk you through them man they tell you when to turn left and when to turn right hey let's hold tight for a minute let the traffic go by (laughs) then they say, okay, now it's time to move. And if you're going through a process like this and you've never done it, and most of us who go through this have never done it, um, you need somebody you can trust. And so Greening Law is a place to go. If you've been involved in something like that, man, pick up the phone, give them a call, 972-934-8900, and say, hey, here's my details, and hope they bring you on as a client. Because the other thing is, and Matt can tell you, they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's exactly right. That's how it works. And again, that consultation's free. So if you think you got a case, find out. 
972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening Offices, Dallas, Texas. We are recording this on Thursday, which means exactly two weeks from today, the Cowboys will embark on the first round of the NFL draft. And there are so many possibilities available. It's interesting because Mel Kuyper, and, and we all have our, our, graph guru, our draft gurus that we look at that do, whether it's Dane Brugler or Kuyper or McShay or go down the list of guys that do this. But Mel Kuyper, who has been doing this since, man, like 30 years or whatever it's been of mock drafting and all that, maybe even longer, for the first time ever, he had a mock draft that he put out last week that had four quarterbacks going with the top four picks in the NFL draft, which has never happened. There's a reason why it's never been mocked. It's never happened. And that kind of tells you where we're at. You and I have talked about this. It's becoming more and more obvious that now Arizona is in control of the draft, so to speak. They're going to have teams, whether it's Indianapolis or Seattle or the Raiders or even Tennessee with the 11th pick, they're going to be calling Arizona at three saying, hey, we want to come up because we want to get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Or if Carolina or Houston stuns the world and Brock, or excuse me, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is there, Arizona is going to get somebody. Well, that was nice. Whoa. Arizona is going to get somebody that's going to call them. And, and kind of what the Chiefs did, I think, for Pat Mahomes. Remember, the Chiefs were like at 27 or whatever they were, and they jumped up and got Pat Mahomes at, what was that, 10? Right. So it wouldn't surprise me, or maybe it was 12 where they jumped up because he was after Watson. I can't remember. But. Basically, they saw him there like, whoa, he's still there. Let's yeah. go get him. Yeah, and, and I kind of wonder, is there a team that's going to see that opportunity to go, man, we get that dude. He fits what we want to do. We can make it work with this guy. We, we got to go get him. So we'll see. But let's start our draft here and see where we're at and how this goes. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud go one and two. Anthony Richardson goes fourth. So that's how this works. And you don't see a lot of trades when we do the computer version. But, man, Will Levis is dropping like a rock all of a sudden, which I don't think that'll happen. But you never know. Okay, so Washington takes Levis with 16. Bijan's gone at 18 to Detroit. So we don't even have the option of Bijan at this point, unless we wanted to trade up to 18. That I don't know that we would have. Maybe we would have. Who knows? It's too late. <laughs> no, no, no. We weren't going to do that. Plus, we took them last time. So, all right. Let's see here. So, we are at 26. Yeah, and see, I like, again, I like where we're at. So, we, the Bijan dream is gone. But I think this is an extremely realistic way that this draft is playing out for us. So, Quentin Johnston, who we know the Cowboys brought in with one of their visits, he's gone at 23 to the Titans. Here's who's on the board right now. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah. Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. Nolan Smith, the edge from Georgia. And Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee. Also, Zay Flowers, who they've brought in on a visit. The wide receiver from Boston College is there. And we know that they've had Hyatt and Flowers in for visits. And then Kincaid or Mayer would be one of the tight ends of the generally considered the two best tight ends in this draft if we wanted to go there. Uh, see, that's interesting. I'm not a big, uh, let me see, how, how high are you on the uh, Tennessee guy? He's fast, man. And when Cedric Tillman was out last year, he was the focus. This is a dude that can fly. He's a 4 he's a 40 guy. He runs the 100 and the 200 in track. But 
honestly, I thought that the other guy on Tennessee, Cedric Tillman, who is a bigger, more physical, prototypical wide receiver, is a guy that I would kind of be interested in. And that's a guy going in the second round. But this this is a speed guy. This, this is a much faster wide receiver than the Tillman. Like, and everybody likes Zay Flowers, but he's 5'9". Yeah. He's like a slot guy. Yeah, and Hyatt's 6'176". Yeah, see, that's not that he doesn't weigh that much. But the problem with Zay Flowers, even though I think he's probably a better player, is CJ does his best work in the slot. So I don't know if I want to take him out of the slot to put this guy in the slot. Um, who did we take in the first round last week? We took Bijan. Oh yeah, we couldn't pass on Bijan. Yeah. He, so I think the question is, do you want Dalton Kincaid? Is that his name? Dalton Kincaid, the kid from Utah, or Michael yeah. Mayer, the kid from Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I think that's the choice. And it's just a matter of whether you want a more traditional tight end, Mayer, who you know can block and with uh, with uh, the emphasis that they want to put on the run. That would certainly help you. Um, he's got good hands. I mean, I think he'll be a, a fine player. Uh, I don't think he'll be a star, but he'll be a fine player. But then Dalton Schultz was not a star, and he was a fine player. Um, solid player. Or you can go with Kincaid, man. He scored 38 touchdowns. Uh, at Utah, um, is a fast guy, but he's only two forty. He ain't gonna give you much on that blocking tip to me. Uh, but he's a he's a playmaker. Now he did break a bone in his back, reportedly, uh, so much so that uh, Doctor Robert Watkins. You know who Doctor Robert Watkins is, man? I've heard the name. He's the renowned back dude in the NFL. He's been around so long that I know him intimately, so to speak, because he's been talking about back since Jay Novacek in 96 and Charles Haley in 95. Wow. Because that's who those guys used to go see. So that name is very familiar to me. Well, he gave him a clean bill of health, sent out a letter to the NFL. So the question is, do you want a traditional tight end in uh, Michael Mayer, Meyer, or do you want Dalton Kincaid, who's a non-traditional tight end, a more of a receiver than a blocker? And I would say thank Blake Jarwin in terms of a guy who can attack the scene and make some plays. My thing is, go ahead. With those two, all season long, all we heard was Michael Mayer is the guy that he's he's the best tight end in this class. And then as we've gotten towards the draft, he's kind of started to fall a little bit. And Dalton Kincaid's come on a little bit. Notre Dame, if we're, I mean, again, Notre Dame's put out they some tight ends, tight ends now. now. That's what they do, really. Right, and and so because of those two things. I'd probably go with the kid from Notre Dame because he can he can receive as well. I mean, it's it's you know it's not like Notre Dame has had wide receivers of note for the most part in recent years. Oh, well, then I would take him. And here's here's the other thing: while we talk about and, and this is real, while we talk about playmakers, and they, they definitely need some, they need some more, and all this other stuff, all of that is very well and true. What's the other thing you got to have on an offense, bro? You got to have a chain mover. And that's the best thing Dalton Schultz did. He could help move the chains. Uh, clearly, Dak likes throwing to the tight end. So I'm, I'm good with taking uh, your Notre Dame tight end at 26. And I, I don't have any regrets about it. And I think he'll be a good NFL player. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy in 12 games, uh, his second year at Notre Dame, 71 catches, 840 yards, seven touchdowns. Last year, 67 catches, 809 yards, nine touchdowns. So this is a guy, he, he can receive, he can block. I, I think he's more of the do-everything kind of tight end that you look for, and I'd be comfortable taking him here. Yeah, let's take him and go. 
There he is. We give everybody a high five. And, and all way. right, there it is. The, all right, Stephen. Just we went for the awkward fist bump high five. He didn't know what to do, but it turned out right. So the tight end in the first round for the first time since David Lafleur for the wow. Dallas Cowboys. You got to like that, man. You want to piss Troy Aikman off? Say, hey, how did your pick? How did your first round pick turn out? That year you tricked, you drafted the tight end. <laughs> dude, that dude was salty about that, like for two or three years. I bet he was, and there's a reason why. So here we are at 58, and uh, we've got. Let's see here. Got some edges on the board. You got, and again, we took Derek Hall here from Auburn, and, and I, man, I like that pick a lot. If he's going to be there, Noah Sewell, linebacker, is here. You got. Uh, the Siaka Ika kid, the defensive tackle, the big dude from Baylor in the middle there. What's really interesting is Brian Breesey is here. He's a projected first round pick out of Clemson who's been dropping a lot on draft boards. And I, I find it odd that he's here. Why has he been dropping? I don't know. But I've just in mock drafts, I've seen that like I, I owning is a guy that I don't think likes him at all. <laughs> Let's see. Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver from SMU is here. Marvin Mims is here. A chain. So really, I mean, it just, I mean, anybody's here. So if, if we subscribe to best player available, Clark Phillips, the third, the cornerback out of Utah, but he's small. And I do not think the Cowboys would be interested in him at all. Realistically, because he's five, nine. No, they ain't interested in that. Right. They, he's too small for what they do. There's an offensive lineman here. Jalen Duncan, who's a tackle out of Maryland, six, five, three Oh six. Or we go at the edge and we could take Derek Hall again from from Auburn, which is what we did, and I think we did that last week. Unless we want to get the big defensive tackle from Baylor here. Six two, three thirty five in the middle. I don't just I, well, you know, we try to keep it real with the Cowboys. I just don't see them taking that dude in the second round. It's just never it's just never as long as I can remember been a priority for them. Then we got another a, another edge here, Keon White from Georgia Tech, who's 6'4", 285. Yeah. And the note on him, he can he can set the edge and rush at five technique or move inside to three. Yeah. Who do you like best? I mean, of these guys, it, it it's I would go with Derek Hall unless for whatever reason we felt like we needed a safety in the second round because Antonio nah. Johnson is here from A&M and he's solid. He he he's a solid safety, but I don't know that we need one. No, nah, we go we go the other route. So, I think the I think it's not our fault that uh, the edge from Auburn is still there the yeah. second go round. So, we take I think Derek smart Hall plays to just take him cuz he can get some pressures and and like I said, we went through his stuff last week. I mean, that dude can get to the quarterback and has done it for a couple of years in the SEC. Which I'm always a fan of. I don't know. I mean, you can't go wrong with productivity in the SEC. Maybe they work out or maybe they don't, but you can't go wrong with productivity in the SEC. So we'll roll into the third round here in our mock and see where we're at and what we want to do. Golly, there's been a lot of trades in the third round all of a sudden. But finally, <laughs> here's our pick. So we are sitting at 90. Zach Evans from Ole Miss just went to the Giants with the pick ahead of us. And we, we basically have our choice here of what we want to do. You've got Warren McClendon, the tackle from Georgia is here. You got a couple of safeties. Let's see, you got Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU. A.T. Perry, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. 
Trying to see who else is here. Uh, Tyler Steen, the tackle from Alabama. I mean, basically, it's, it's kind of up to us here. Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Chase Brown, the running back from Illinois. We could go anywhere we want right here. Let me see. Uh, you know. Because so far, we got tight end. We got edge. We don't have wide receiver. We don't have running back. All right. Who's the best running back there? It's probably Chase Brown right now, unless we want to go ahead. Because we've done this before. We took uh, Dwayne McBride who I like a lot out of UAB. Kenny McIntosh is here from Georgia. I mean, it, it, it's, it really just depends on who we like the best. Well, I've watched so much tape of the Illinois running back. But uh, what kind of running back is he? Well, now I'm trying to find him again. Where did he go? Oh, here he is. 5'9", 209. Right, he's a little dude. Yeah, he's a small little oh, shifty short. guy. Nah. It's funny that the draft is already in third round, and we're like, yeah, that guy's okay, but he's okay. Uh, he had 170 carries, over 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. All right. But this is, uh, this is, you know, third round pick is supposed to be a guy that helps you. You're supposed to be a, a significant contributor when they show up. Just can't be just a guy. And then, obviously, uh, Kendra Miller at TCU, 5'11", 215. High energy runner, they say, spry and explosive on the lateral plane. <laughs> I like that. All right, well let's let's go with the best runner. All right, let's take Kendra Miller from TCU, third round selection, and he was good. I mean, he was really good. And just because Georgia completely shut him down for the most part in the national title game, he was great last year for TCU. Uh, I mean, Big piece. I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's yelling at you because Georgia shut you down. Probably not. So we're all into the fourth round here of our mock Cowboys draft. And when we get to this pick, again, I liked, I liked our draft last week because we came away with B. John Robinson and still got some pieces that we liked quite a bit. Things played out a little bit differently. But Michael Mayer, I think, is going to be a solid selection. The fact that the Cowboys take a tight end in the first round, I think that's exciting because you don't ever see them do that. <laughs> true that, true that. All right, so here we are at 129 overall, fourth round selection. You got DeMarvian Overshone, the linebacker from Texas. Let's see, you got the cornerback from TCU. Hodges Tomlinson is here. Man, trying to see if there's a wide receiver that might be cool. Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Yeah, see, that's the thing is that wide receiver, like we always talk about oh, wide receivers deep. It is if you get one in the first three rounds. I think if you don't get one... <laughs> See, and that, well, that's, that's where this is going to be interesting for the Cowboys is I'll be curious to see if they get into the fourth round like we have and we don't have a wide receiver, if there's anybody on the board that they actually could get excited about because I just don't see it. See, I don't either. I think after that, you just kind of, you just kind of wait. <laughs> because to me, after that, they're like two guards in the NBA. They're all over yes. the place. It's just a matter of, you know, you grab one and see if the guy that you grab works out or not. Um, because at that point you go, are they really better than what we thought Jalen Tolbert was going to be? Yeah, and, and, you know, honestly, like a kid like Jaden Hazelwood, the dude that was at uh, Oklahoma and transferred to Arkansas last year, you can probably get him in the fifth or sixth round, and, and I would – he's 6'2", 215, I think, you know, and so he fits that kind of prototype, and he was very good at Arkansas for the most part. He was solid at OU, and, and that's a guy that, okay, if I'm going to take a receiver this late, I'd rather just wait and get a guy like that that it, it, at least has played against some high-prime competition and put up some production. 
No, that's exactly what you're trying to do. So here, I hate to say it because it's boring, but we're probably going offensive linemen here because you got uh, Morris, the tackle from Oklahoma, is the highest left on the board. Gaines, the center from UCLA. You can get McFadden from Clemson. You can get uh, McClendon Curtis, who's a guard, but he played at Chattanooga, which I'm kind of, eh. So I probably take a tackle that you can use at swing and just take the highest rated offensive lineman left on the board at this point. Right. No, I, th- I think that's the way to go. And so that would be the pick is Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma, which would wind up as a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, OK, so we come away, we get Michael Mayer, we get Derek Hall, Kendra Miller and Morris. So you've got uh, your tight end and a running back to give you some depth there with Pollard. And is is Mayer the explosive like, oh, man, this is awesome. That dude is B. John Robinson or a big time first round wide receiver. No, but he may end up being the best tight end the Cowboys have had since Jason Witten, to be honest with you. And, and if that happens and he goes out and puts up, you know, 75 catches for 900 yards, I think you're super happy with that. Yeah, I think, um, and see, I, I would say because they got Ferguson and because they got Pendergast or Hendershot, um, like he doesn't even have to do that. He just needs to be a good player when he's in there. Um, and as long as you, because I think if you add him, it means – Whatever tight end you put on the field is a pretty good player. And so when, however you roll it, you don't drop off any. And, you know, that's always the key with the league. You don't have injuries. You want to do a lot of stuff. And so the goal is always, can I have no bad players on my roster? I mean, that's really the goal. It sounds stupid, but, no, that's really the goal. Can I have everybody be average or better? Because as we've seen over the years, there's a difference between below average and average. And so if your your goal is always to get the most good players you can have on your team, no matter where they are. And so, yeah, if you can stack them however you stack them, man, it's all good. Yeah, and so, you know, Kendra Miller, again, this is a kid in his career at TCU, 361 rushing attempts. He averaged 6.7 yards per attempt. Right. So you got to like that. And last year, of course, the bulk of what he did at TCU – 1399 with 17 rushing touchdowns. Nothing wrong with that. That's no. a good resume to bring to the league. So you like that. In a, in a kid that it, last year on 224 carries averaged over six yards a carry, I, I, in the Big 12, I like that. I'm taking it. So I think you're stoked about that and what he can do when you pair him with Tony Pollard. And all in all, you come away from this, you're smiling, and you like what we've done for the Dallas Cowboys. Hell yeah. Should, Jerry should just hire me and you to run this draft. It's not that big a deal. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, as... It's exciting last week when we got Bijan, but I actually feel like a draft like what we just did is way more realistic because I, I just don't see how the Cowboys get Bijan Robinson. No, you know, everybody says, well, he's got to go to Philly. If he doesn't go to Philly, you know, there's a good chance he's dropped. You know where I've seen him mocked to at a couple places the, the last day or so? Hmm. Is um, Detroit. Yeah, I've seen that a lot as well. Um, and that's because... Um, you know, they're like, Detroit is one of those teams that doesn't really have any holes per se, which sounds odd to talk about Detroit. But that's why, that's why it might fit there, uh, because they can afford to, uh, to take him. Yeah, I think McShay has him at Detroit. And I know Mel Kuyper in his last one he put out yesterday has Bijan in Detroit as well. So it, it, it'll be interesting. And, and see, that's where you start wondering – and maybe it's not the Cowboys, maybe it's another team, but I would assume, and I don't think that I'm going out on a limb here, 
that Bijan Robinson has a solid first round grade from pretty much every team in the NFL. And that's that's where I, I think it'll be interesting to see as he starts getting into that 16, 17 range, if teams go, okay, that's the last dude available that we have a first round grade on and we can get him potentially if we just jump up to 16 or 17. So yeah, technically right there where the first rounders are running out. So that's right. where, and if he gets past Detroit at 18, I, I, you got to think some teams are going to be jumping all over 19, 20, trying to trade up and be like, okay, now we can get them where our second round begins. Yeah, because remember, and we haven't mentioned it lately, but remember most, according to most draft boards, there's usually only 14 to 18, what they term legitimate first round picks in any draft. And so, you know, after, let's just say it's 18 of them in this year's draft, after the first 18 players go or the first 18 first round picks go, everybody else is technically on your board kind of a second round pick. But you got to fill out the slot. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, uh, so I think uh, Bijan is, uh, is um, dude, he's, he's the wild card in the draft along with your boy uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah, that's true. It, it'll be interesting to see because – is Jalen Carter going to drop or is Jalen Carter going to solidly be taken? Because I've seen a lot, like apparently Seattle likes him a lot at five. We'll see. The dra- I mean, look, the draft is full of surprise. I think there were nine trades in the first round last year. Yeah, and it's full of surprises because everybody likes something different. And you may love somebody and I might like them. And so when that's the case, it's like, I love this guy. Or, or if your team like... Um, you know, one of those teams like uh, that got, you know, like Seattle in a way, you get the extra first round pick because you didn't expect the Broncos to be that bad or, you know, something like that. Or you're picking like Philly 10, like we're a great team. We don't expect to be in the top 10 anymore. Yeah. So you're like, let's really maximize this pick. And so, you know, they Jalen Carter may fall to them. Would that shock you? Not really. And they may be like, oh, my God, what are we doing with the guy who we had as the number two pick in the draft falling to us at 10? We got to take him. That's very true. That is very true. You know. Uh, That's so, why I love the draft, man. I love the draft because it's so wild. And, and it, it, we'll see how it plays out, which is somebody, it happens every single year. There will be one to two moves in the top 10 that will blow our minds. It'll be somebody that right. no one had mocked that high that a team just drafts. And then somebody is going to come from low when their guy starts to fall, especially with quarterbacks like this, the panic that that generates for teams that are like, okay, this is the guy, this is the guy. Be very interesting to see how this plays out on, well, two weeks, less than two weeks by the time that most of you listen to this. Right. So we continue here on the version of the pod and it's freeway tire shop. You guys need it. You're like, yeah, you know what? I do need new tires, but I I don't know where to go because tires are always so expensive. Well, go to where they're absolutely a fair price. Go to where you know the work is good, where they're going to treat you right. That's Freeway Tire Shop. Maybe it's an oil change. It's the simple little things that we have to do for cars that we never think about. You want to find some place you can go that you trust, that you feel comfortable. Oil changes, tire rotations, all that type of stuff. It's not necessarily all the, the major stuff that sometimes you have to get done. JR and his guys over at Freeway Tire Shop, whether it's an oil change or whether you need some engine work, they're going to take care of you the same way, man. And it's high quality customer service, fair price, stand behind the work. JR has got to go. Matter of fact, he's the biggest Cowboys fan you'll ever find. He's the biggest Jam Sessions fan you'll ever find. Um, 
but I go to him not because he's those two things, although those are good. But I go to him because you can trust him, man. He's like your doctor, man. You want a mechanic, you can trust a mechanic that you don't have to have a bunch of questions about. And so I trust him to diagnose what's wrong with my car every single time, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I trust him to, check this out, use quality parts to fix whatever that was wrong with my car. I trust him to charge me a fair price. And then, dog, I trust him to stand behind his work. All four of those things are crucial to me. And I tell folks all the time, real talk, if your mechanic ain't doing all four of them things, not two out of four, three out of four, all four of them things, then you need to go up the street, up 35 north toward Denton, get off of Commonwealth, go through the light, look to the right. There's Freeway Tire and JR Spot. You can't miss it. It's five minutes from downtown. But it's worth wherever you got to go to get there because, I mean, you'll drive a distance for a good doctor, man, because you, you don't go there all the time. You drive a distance for a good mechanic because you don't go there all the time. Uh, and trust to me is the big part of the car thing. You can trust JR. That's why you need to go to Freeway Tire. That's exactly right, man. It's easy to find, as Jacques told you, and they're fantastic. It's Freeway Tire Shop. If you want, check them out online. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote, freewaytireshop.com. Also, of course, and we told you about this the other day, but Smokey John's, right around the corner from Freeway Tire Shop, by the way, I tell you guys about that all the time. They are now offering a new, bigger bottle, that is literally twice the size of their old bottle of their rub and their sauce. And it's still an crazy great price. Twice the size for $7.95, the new larger bottle just in time for grilling season. And I've, I use a sauce and I've, I've told you guys about this. I use the sauce on everything. The rub, you know, you can put it on chickens, the boneless, skinless breasts when you're grilling, wings, all sorts of stuff that you can use. Ribs. I grilled last night, actually. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it is grilling season. We're in that mist. So if you're a griller, again, Smokey John's barbecue sauce and rub, man, you, you cannot beat it. Both of them, phenomenal. And oh, by the way, while you're there to pick one of those things up, you might as well sit down and enjoy some lunch and grab a jam session bowl. Well, why wouldn't you? Jam Session Bowl is uh, sensational. Matter of fact, I hit somebody up on Twitter the other day. They were talking about, hey, we need a restaurant near Love Field. And I was like, hey, oh, man. man. You need to go to Smokey John's. Don't tell anybody, but there's a secret menu, and you need to order the jam session bowl on it. And he was like, wow, secret menu. <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, yeah. Uh, and the thing about it is the jam session bowl will make you go back to Smokey John's. That's because now you got to picture this. Close your eyes and picture a bowl with a macaroni and cheese base or a mashed potato base. And then picture two out of five smoked meats. I usually go with brisket and sausage, but I've been known to substitute the sausage for chicken. And then they put all the stuff you find on the loaded baked potato, you know, like chives and sour cream and butter and bacon bits, all that stuff, man. And then depending on how you ask for it, you can have them drizzle some of that sauce Matt was talking about. Or, hey, just take that extra big ass bottle and dump all of it on there if that's how you like to get down. Then they put a lid on it, man. Or if you're eating there, do it. Hey. I told you, real talk, it feeds too easy, no problem. And if you got a little shorty, all three of y'all can eat off of it. Um, it's fantastic. I ain't never heard nobody get the jam session bowl and say, that's all right. That's no, true, actually. They get it. Yeah. No, it's tough. It's, you, you can't, it, it's phenomenal. Matter of fact, one reason I'm working out so hard is I went through a stretch match. I probably had about four of them in about seven weeks. Nice. 
I didn't really tell anybody. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when you're a former fat guy, you have a relapse. That happens. What and, you and, do? and it's not that I gained a bunch of weight, but, you know, I'm, I'm, real, I'm real solid on my eating habits. Like, you know what I have for breakfast? Oh, I forgot this commercial. You know what I have for breakfast this morning? Big bowl of chicken and broccoli. Oh, that's delicious. But, I mean, you can order that, too, at Smokey John's. Yeah. You know, sub, sub out the broccoli for some greens. But that's how they get down. But anyway, Smokey John's, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And that's actually true because when you said that, I was like, you know what? That is true. Because we've had hundreds of people send us pictures of the Jam Session Bowl and just be like, man, you guys weren't kidding around. This is phenomenal. <laughs> We're like, yes, right. correct. No, we, we don't steer up. you guys wrong, man. That's the one thing yeah. about the podcast. We used to talk about this when we first were doing the podcast. It's our podcast. We own the thing. So we get to pick and choose who we work with. And, and the stuff we talk about, we use and we actually enjoy. So, I mean, there's a reason why we're doing it. So check them out at Smokey John's. So let's take this trip around the block. I thought this was funny because I was telling you before we started recording, I was like, yeah, man, I've been, I, I, I overslept a little bit this morning and I've been a little tired because I've been doing, I knew it was going to rain here in Alabama. It rains a lot. And it, it, as we record this Thursday, it's supposed to rain pretty much all day today. It's going to rain a lot tomorrow. And then my parents are coming in this weekend to visit. And I wanted to knock out the yard before they got here. And we, we had some stuff that we wanted to make a flower bed. And we've been talking about this for a while. But we wanted to make sure we got past where at night it was getting really cold. Because we still had some nights here where it dipped down in the low 40s. And we even had a couple, man, 10 days ago that were in the upper 30s at night. And so I was like, well, we're going to have to push it off. And I was like, well, now it's finally gotten to a part of spring where the yard is starting to turn green and the trees are, are all coming out and all that. So I was like, all right. So one, I think last Sunday we went, we got the stuff to make a flower bed in our backyard. And then here, and it had been driving me nuts for a while, but like a lot of people here in our neighborhood, for whatever reason, you know, like around your tree or around your flowers and bushes in the front, they, they use pine right. straw. Uh, what is pine straw? Like just like the straws from like just pine straw, like just a bags and bags of pine straw instead of mulch. Oh, okay. It replaced mulch. Yeah. And so our pine straw was old and gross. And I was like, man, at some point I need to just knock this out. And there's a guy you can hire that'll do it around the neighborhood, but he charges you for the pine straw and he charges you for the labor because it, it, I mean, it's a process. You know, you right. gotta, you gotta spread it out and then you kind of put it around everything. And if you got a lot of stuff you, that you got to put it around then you got to, got to go back through and fill the holes and all that. So that took me, plus I had to mow and do all that stuff. So the literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon, I was working in the yard for probably two to three hours each day after I did my workout. Oh my. So I, I was like, man, I, I have gotten more steps this week. Because every single day I've had over 15,000 steps. And usually I'm probably around 12, 13,000 steps a day. That's a lot of, that's a, well, actually, I don't know. That's a, that's a good number of steps, bro. Yeah, it is. I, I've been doing solid this week. And it's funny because I was telling you, it's like, you know, I enjoy working in the yard. I, I actually do. I like, I, there is a guy, him and his son that mow a lot of yards in this neighborhood. I mean, that, that guy is mowing multiple yards every single day this time of the year. And he had come to our house once when we first moved in. And I think the lady had talked to him and I forget how much he charges, but I was like, we're not paying that. I was like, I, I, I'm going to mow my yard. I will mow and trim and edge the yard. Now, will he do it better? Maybe. 
Can he do some little things that I probably won't do? I'm sure he does. But I, I actually look forward to and enjoy mowing the yard and getting out and, and trimming it up and stuff. Why? I don't know. And I, I, I think it goes back to when I was a kid. My dad is a yard guy. Okay, okay. Like my dad has always worked out in the yard. I think when they got older, for a while, they were having somebody come mow. You know, but my dad will still get out and work in the yard. And he, he really enjoys, you know, planting flowers and doing stuff like that. And I just kind of grew up around that. Like, I grew up mowing our yard. As soon as I was, I think the first time I ever mowed the yard, I was in sixth grade, you know, and then that was my chore. Like I I mowed the yard and my dad would edge and trim and do stuff like that. And I just got it. I I don't know what it was. It was just something that I just enjoyed mowing the yard. And and I've, I've, and I didn't have a yard for a long time in my life because I lived in apartments for a very long time. Right. And so now the last couple of years, you know, I had a house in Irving and we have a house here in the Birmingham area. So the yard here is much smaller than the one that I had in Irving because we had a massive backyard in that house. But, right, man, the yard here is a beating because we are on the downslope of a hill. And <laughs> yes, there are, like, when you look at it, like, when you're just standing and you're looking at it, it doesn't seem like it slopes that much. But, man, when you are pushing a mower up and down that thing, it is, I mean, it's like you are fighting the mower on the slope of the yard. And it actually ends up being a really good workout. <laughs> I mean, it can be intense mowing our yard, man. I mean, it's here's a little flat piece and then push it up, up this slant. But I don't mind it. I enjoy it. True that, true that. So I've, I've been doing that, man. And that pine straw, my God. I'm glad that I did it. It, it took me, I mean, I, I did over an hour, a couple of days in a row, just trying to spread it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do pine straw around this tree and these bushes today. And then the next day I'll do it around these ones. And then, you know, cause you got, it's just, you're getting up underneath bushes and you're getting, you know, I'm getting scratched and my hair is getting poked by my head's getting poked by branches and whatnot. Cause I'm trying to spread it out evenly up underneath all this crap. I was like, man, why, why is pine straw the thing here? <laughs> Seems like mulch would be way easier. So why is pine straw a thing? I don't know. Maybe because it's the South. I mean, look, one thing about Birmingham that I love, and the lady thinks this is hilarious, because this time of the year, it is beautiful here. Because everything, I mean, if you guys watch the Masters, you know, we're a couple hundred miles to the west of the Masters, but we're in that region where everything blooms. There are a gazillion trees. Everything is bright green because it rains a ton here. And so this time of the year, when the trees start getting their leaves, there's a lot of pine trees here. I mean, there's a lot of all kinds of different things. And my only thought could be, I'm just like, maybe there's just so many pine trees here that they just decide to scoop up all the pine needles that fall and bag them up and spread those in their yard. I don't know. All right. That's, at least that's a theory. But man, it is, it is the green here now, because there's so many different shades of green from bright green to dark green to all these different shades of green from the different trees that are getting their leaves this time of the year. It's awesome. And people don't realize, like nobody here realizes how much it rains. Like I was telling somebody the other day, Alabama, last year for the year of 2022, Alabama had the second most rainfall of any state in the country and Mississippi was first and we were neck and neck. Like I think Mississippi had 59 inches of rain last year and we had 58 inches of rain. Texas, by comparison, Texas had a little over 21 inches of rain. Damn, so y'all rain twice as much as Dallas. It rains a lot here. You said it was up there like close to Seattle. Yeah, it rains. We get more rain than anywhere else. Like, like 
in the state of Alabama, Alabama, and Mississippi get more total rainfall than anywhere else in the country. Seattle and that region will have more days with rain. It just doesn't rain as much when it rains up there. Wow. But it rains, actual more rainfall happens here. And for whatever, people don't realize, because I tell people, they're like, oh man, you know, Seattle, I was like, it rains more in Alabama. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Okay, go look it up. Because it does. It actually does. I mean, it is the amount of rainfall here. And that's the thing is, you know, like say in any given week this time of the year, it'll rain. Like today, it, it, it's been raining since probably about 4 a.m. And it is going to rain all day long overnight into tomorrow. In Seattle, it'll rain and then go away. So I think that that's the biggest difference because it's just it rains and rains and rains when it rains here. It rains literally. It'll rain for 24 hours straight. Damn. Which makes sense. I mean, we're touching the Gulf of Mexico. It's only four hours south of here. What the, what's, the, what's the Gulf cities? The Gulf gets what's a ton it? of rain. No, but what cities are down there? Are they like resort beach towns or something? Yeah, you know, Gulf Shores, Mobile's down there. Oh, okay. Fairhope, yeah, Spanish Fort, Dothan, all those places down there. Is that how you say that? For all these years, I thought it was Dolphin. <laughs> well, there you go, Dothan. <laughs> Foley. I mean, there's a lot of little cities down there. Who do you know from Fairhope? I know, oddly enough, my oh, ex. NFL player. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because my ex, her grandfather lives in Fairhope and grew up there. Oh. But what NFL player is from Fairhope? Uh, now you're trying to remember? Uh, no, I, I remember. Somebody, somebody sent me a text, and, I, and it was my phone is open because I've been conversing with this person. Yeah, because I'm gonna do a story on them. Oh, I know, I, or I think I know who it is. And what they just sent me, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's a news story. Um, Leon Lett. Leon Lett is from Fairhope. Yes. Okay. All right. Because I once wrote a story. It was. Uh, it's probably the first story. It was really the first in-depth sit-down story Leon ever done. And I, I wrote the lead of the story was something like Fairhope is known for two enigmas or something like that. Yeah. The Jubilee and Leon Lett. And the Fair, Fairhope Jubilee is some weird kind of natural happenstance where fish start jumping out of the water at a certain oh, wow. time of the year. And so I kind of compared those two. Interesting. Yeah, okay. baby. That's when I was on my A game when I was a young man. Well, there you go. Yeah, so uh, it, he's not from there. He's from North Alabama, but Fairhope is a city. Remember when Philip Rivers was coaching a high school team? He coached a, a Catholic school in Fairhope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's where he was. I was trying to think who it was that was down there. Fairhope's an awesome because it, it's, it's very, very close to the beach, but you don't deal with a lot of the tourism that you deal with, like in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach but you can get there in less than 30 minutes and they got a really good brewery there and they've got some really, really nice pecan farms if you like pecans to eat. Right, right, right. Yeah, so fun fact about Fairhope, Alabama. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's a cool place. Like literally one of the best breweries in Alabama is down in Fairhope and the guys that, a couple of the guys that are part owners and that live in Birmingham, they're good dudes. So if you're ever in the neighborhood, check them out, I guess. Absolutely. All right, so we'll move on from my love of yard work and my, my grunt work I've been doing on my hands and knees spreading pine needles all over half my yard, it feels like. All right, I'm, uh, I just saw, I can't remember. We talked about it for a minute the other day, but I can't remember what we said about it. 
Did you tell me you'd seen Narcos? Yeah, I've seen Narcos, yeah. I just saw... Okay, I've, I've decided in, in this moment in time, what, what do they call it? I got to look it up while we're talking about it. There's something in Game of Thrones which you haven't seen. Um, You're right. They call it like the Red Bath or something. Okay. Oh, the way that they kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Are um, you talking about where they pull out their ribs from behind? No, I haven't seen that part yet. <laughs> Well, that, cause that's, that's the, uh, I think that's called, God, what is that called? The something. Uh, but here's what I'm saying. I just saw a scene in Narcos. Now, how old is Narcos? It's gotta I be mean, 10 it, years. I would think blood Eagle, I mean, blood Eagle is what I'm thinking of. That show's been out 10 years. Yeah. Narcos. Cause that's where, that's where what's his face. The Mandalorian, uh, Pedro Pascal kind of made, launched himself onto the scene for the most part. Oh, is he the guy playing Escobar? No, he's the guy playing Javier Pena. Oh, okay, okay. okay like one okay. of the partners, because isn't it Javier? Yeah. It's Javier and, that, right. and the dude that everybody's... And the other dude. Yeah, Boyd Holbrook, who people say if an actor was going to play me in a movie, it'd be that guy. I can see that. I, I, uh, I can see it as well. Okay, so okay. Narcos originally came out in 2015, so it's been eight years. Okay, so if you haven't seen it by now like me, well, it sucks for you. Yeah, plus it's a true story, so if you don't know the history of the Colombian drug trade, it sucks for you. Dude, I just saw the scene today... Where, uh, you know, one one of one of uh, Escobar's henchmen is after this girl, this young girl who has a daughter because he thinks she told where he was going to be tipped off the police. Yeah. And she's got this friend who's tax, who's his chauffeur, so to speak. And, dude, that was really good scene because the, the chauffeur had me fooled because I thought he was I thought he was trying to get this girl for himself. And he kind of set her up to say, hey. We can get free of Escobar if you just tell the police where he is. And so she tells he tells her exactly where he's going to be, knowing that she'll go tell the police. And then they set up an ambush and kill like, you know, eight carloads of policemen, including uh, the one guy who's been after him for years. And I just go, what a fucking ambush that was. Yeah. How evil was that? And then to wrap it up. Escobar gives a girl this sack of money and she's like what is she's she really thinks he's coming to kill her and she doesn't know that her friend really set her up to get her out but to do that he had to get let all these people die and I was just like that is so evil on so many different levels that yeah. is fantastic that is I mean the fact that it's you know I hope that you know I'm sure some shit like that probably did go down but it's just like wow it's the cartel not, man not much shocks me on TV but they fooled me on that one <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. I remember I, I was watching. I can't remember the movie. Maybe somebody it'll it, it'll jar a memory of, of a, somebody listening. But there was a movie where the cartel got mad at somebody, or they discovered like an undercover person in the cartel, and so they sent his head on a turtle. Oh, that was uh, that was either Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, remember that? And you're just like, yeah. man. And it seems so like insane, but I was like, you know what? I I guarantee you, the cartel does stuff like that. <laughs> it's just insane, bro. Because you read about some of those, and and it it is like, whoa, man. The, I mean, these people are on a different planet of uh, the level that yeah. they take stuff to. But Narcos is fantastic. And then after Narcos ends, they did Narcos Mexico, where it was the continuation of narcos but going back to 
the Mexican trafficking world in the 1980s in the Guadalajara camp, uh, cartel instead of like Escobar and, and the Colombians. And it's a different cast and stuff like that. I didn't like it as much. I liked the like, like Narcos, the first three seasons with those two guys, with uh, Pedro and Boyd Holbrook. I liked that. I thought that series was phenomenal, but it's only three seasons. Yeah. And man, the dude who plays Pablo Escobar just nails it. Dude. So, you know, Narcos. I mean, I know people have been raving about it for years, but mm-hmm. as I told y'all, I couldn't really get down with it because the subtitles and I was like, I don't really have time to like just sit there yeah. and read it and pay attention to it and, and all that. But uh, I figured out a way to do it now. Uh, and wow. That's all I can say. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that. It's about time you found out Narcos. Hey, man, I, there's no shame in my game. I found no. out about Game of Thrones a decade after everybody had already finished watching it. I know, and I keep, there are times, at some point, I wonder if it'll be this summer when shows take a hiatus that we like, if we're going to have to go back and give Game of Thrones a try I'm again. You, I don't know why you wouldn't like it. Because I don't get, man. We like pretty much the same types of shows, and Game of Thrones is the same type of thing. Nobody is safe. And I was watching the first episode, and I go, okay, this is all right. This is okay. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you got me. Because the most unexpected thing happened. I was just like, wow. I didn't see that coming. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I could probably watch Game of Thrones again. And see, I was going to say, it's no different than, than, you know, The Wire's been gone for 20 years, but you can still watch The Wire. That's true, and I have. I've gone back and and watched it again. Yeah, see, I was going to tell you, you could tell somebody right now, hey, if you're looking for something to watch, go watch The Wire. And they'd be like, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, man, I mean, The Wire, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, all those shows I've, I've seen again in recent years. I was watching some show, some black gangster show. I think it was one of the power spinoffs. And I sat looking at this dude for like two or three minutes and I could not figure out where I knew him from to the point where I had to go look at the cast of the show on, on my phone, click on his name and go, oh, my God, that's who that is. And you know who it was? Mm. It was D'Angelo Barksdale. <laughs> OK. But of course, I haven't yeah. seen him in like, you know, 20 years or whatever. So he looked, you know, he looked like a like an older man now, and he was playing a different kind of character. And so. He was strangely familiar, but but not familiar. So anyway, there you have it. So there you have it. It's a fun little trip around the block. So got some notes before we wrap this up because Major League Baseball now a couple of weeks in, a couple of happenings. I want to throw this out before we get to the Rangers. I don't know how many people are paying attention to Tampa. Dude. Tampa, as we record this, and maybe they'll lose tonight, and you guys are like, oh, it didn't happen. But they have started 12-0. and they are one game away. 13-0 and is the best start in Major League Baseball history. It's happened twice in the modern era of Major League Baseball, which goes back to 1900 to today, so 123 years. The 87 Brewers did it, where they went 13-0, and and the 82 Braves did it, starting 13-0. and Now, that was back in the time period where if you won your division, you made the playoffs, and then there was just yeah. the LCS. There wasn't all these other rounds. So the Braves would go on to actually win 89 games that season. They did it and would lose in the LCS. The Brewers, when they did it, started 13-0. They won 91 games and missed the playoffs because I forget who it was that won the division with like 97 wins or whatever. Mm. Point being, you start 13-0, 
I mean, think about that. If you start just 12 and 0, if you start 12 and 0, if the Rays just play 500 baseball for the rest of the year, 12 and 0 is an 87 and 75 finish. Just playing 500 from here on out. Right, right. That gets you in the playoffs in the modern era of baseball. Pretty much. Um, what did we say the other day, man? You can't win the pennant in April. Correct. But you can lose it there. Um, you know, when I heard, when I saw that they went, whatever it was the other day, 11-0, 12-0, I thought about the 35-5 and Detroit Tigers. Um, you know, whenever that was that they had that incredible yeah. start. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, they shoot. They've already got a five or six game lead, and it seemed like uh, you start that fast. It might even be bigger, but it's not. So, uh, you know, the, to me, the question is always, yeah, you're on this hot streak. You're playing with this great momentum now. When you lose a game, will you be able to pick it back up or, you know, and go on another stretch where you win eight out of ten? Yeah. You know, and put yourself up where you're 20 and two or 20 and three or something like that. I mean, so anyway. it's, it, it's insane. They've scored 92 runs already. No other team in baseball has more than 79. And, you know, that's, that's weird. Insane is a good word because what do we normally associate uh, them with? We associate them with pitching. Yeah. And defense. And they're hitting and, a ton uh, of homers. Yeah. So, now they, I don't think anybody had them pegged to be like this. But no. that's all I'll say. No. Uh, as good as their start is – Baseball season lasts forever. It does. And, and you look at it, man, their run differential through 12 games is, six, is plus 65. The second best is plus 28. Wow. They are killing people. I mean, it's incredible, man. It is absolutely what an incredible start by Tampa. And that brings us to your Texas Rangers, who, as we record this, are sitting at seven and five. They got, uh, it happens. They got absolutely destroyed by the Royals. 10 to 1 to wrap up that series. They're off today as we record this. So they start a three game set in Houston. Seven and five start. I'm taking it every day of the week. Unfortunately, and this is going to be interesting to see how they handle this. Corey Seeger pulled a hamstring the other night in that comeback win against the Royals where Jonah Heim hit the walk off. He will miss at least a month. And he had been off to a great start, which is really unfortunate. Now, they're going to replace him with Josh Smith. And I think they're going to – Ezekiel Duran, who's one of their top prospects who made the club, wouldn't be surprised if they give him a look because that's his position, shortstop. And I think they want to to make sure that he's getting an opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see. But it's going to be Josh Smith and Duran, I would think, over the next month or so. But again, I mean, Corey Seager is one of the best players the Rangers have. They spent a ton of money on him in free agency. So, yeah, over the next month, this is going to be a hole in their lineup. And let's just hope it's a month. And I say that because he was running full speed and pulled up, um, you know, which is often happens with a hamstring. But, I mean, he, you could tell he, it was, he yanked that thing. And uh, those of you who've had hamstrings know what it feels like. I've had one. Um, I know y'all find that hard to believe because mm-hmm. I'm not a professional athlete. But no, I did it probably five or six years ago working out. We were doing something and I pulled it. And I didn't grab it like that, but dude, I could feel like, yo, I just, uh, yeah, I just pulled a hamstring. And, you know, not being a professional athlete, I tried to let it heal on its own. And dude, this is real talk, man. I probably couldn't do some exercises for like, like burpees and stuff that's kind of explosive on the way down. I couldn't do any of that stuff, man, for really almost a year. And it got to the point where I was like, 
you know what? Let me go ask the Cowboys doctors the best thing to do. And they told me to go get this. I think it's called ARP treatment you can get from a chiropractor where they do like a deep tissue thing. Yeah. And uh, I ended up doing that six or seven or eight treatments uh, once a week. And I was I was good after that. But I was telling you, Doug, that I did something to my hamstring. This is more of a strain than a pull. Yeah. But you can feel it. And it's like I probably need to go have that that uh, treatment done again because there's a weakness there where I can't do certain explosive movements, even though I'm not explosive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never had an issue pulling a hamstring. I mean, I, I, I don't want to mess with it. And it is highly unfortunate oh. for the Rangers, man. And, and so Seager is on the 10 day IL. They activated Leody Tavares, who actually played last night and you just hope, like you said, it's only a month that he can come back and that he'll be okay. Because, man, it just it just sucks because you're talking about a dude who, through the first 11 games of the season, was hitting 359 with nine walks. Yeah, he was in a good stretch, which is, you know, when he hit that thing, um, they had what they call kind of, I'm going to call it like the Seager shift on, where they bring the right fielder down and play short right field so he can throw the ball, like if they had the shift where they used to have the second baseman play. And then they shift the center fielder over into right center and the left left fielder into left center. Yeah. Well, he hit an opposite ball to – he hit an opposite field ball to the wall. I thought it was going to be inside the park homer because he was almost his second base and the left fielder hadn't even gotten to the ball yet. And so I think he saw the fact that he had hit it just perfect and I think that's why he pulled it because he put, you know, he's like, I got a shot to get this. And I think he went even harder than normal going into second because he's like, I can really score on this play. Um, so that's a disappointing thing for them. Do you know how much effort I put into trying to find a Rangers game the other day, bro? I would imagine an insane amount. Dude, I went on Twitter and said, like, OK, where how can you watch the Rangers? And finally, I got the answer. Uh and it was because I tried Bally's and Bally's doesn't show the Rangers. They show the Mavericks and they show the Stars, but not the Rangers. Yeah. Which is weird. And so you had to go to like Fubo or Fubu or whatever it is. And so I wasn't familiar with them. I'd heard them, but not familiar with them. Dude, they're like a hundred bucks a month. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I got the seven day trial. And as soon as, I, as soon as it started, I canceled it so I wouldn't forget. So I think I had five more days to watch the Rangers. Uh, but they're not making it easy to watch uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's really I unfortunate. Know, I don't know why. I, I mean, I just don't know why. We talked about this, so I'm not going. Like the blackout thing is stupid. You know, if I was if I want to pay you to sit at home and watch the Rangers or whatever team, you should just let me sit at home and pay you. Yeah, I, I, I to me, I, I thought that they would figure this out and make it a lot easier, and they still haven't. I find it very strange that somebody like me that lives in three states away, I can easily yeah. watch the Rangers whenever I want by paying a monthly fee to Major League Baseball television. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is not an option for me. And, you know, and so you're talking about somebody who hadn't really watched baseball in three years because I told you I couldn't stand that three, that three outcome thing. Uh, but now that they've cut 30 minutes off the game and it's moving faster, guess what it is, Matt? It's a lot more watchable to me. Yes. So I've watched baseball the last three days. How about yeah, that? I, I've watched multiple games. I, I watched that. We were talking about this the other night. I watched that game. I watched the a part of the comeback game. 
Didn't watch the 10 to one game, but I will watch some. Well, my parents are in town this weekend, but I don't know when they're flying out on Sunday because I may catch the game on Sunday against the Astros. And it's fun to watch, like you said, because it moves and there's action. There's so much more action now, which is fantastic. Dude, I hung around on the 10 to one game until the uh, top of the seventh. Uh, And I was remarking at some point, I think during the game the other day that it's the top of the seventh or eighth inning and it's nine fifteen. How good is that? And that's before they went to extras, but you know, cool, great. Very Love cool. It. Yes, it's very cool. It's also very cool. The Dallas Stars have one game remaining in their regular season. And again, by the time all of you listen to this, this could change because they play on Thursday night and that's it. That will be their 82nd game of the season. But it's nice because going into this, the Stars are in first place over Colorado. Now the Avs have a game in hand. So if the Avs win their last two games, they will win the division because the Stars can only get two more points. The Stars tied a franchise road record last night when they beat the Blues with 25 road wins. 106 points is seventh best in the franchise's history. Miro Haskinen. In game 81, set a new Dallas Stars record for most points in a single season by a defenseman, broke the franchise record for most assists in a single season by a defenseman. And you look at what this team is doing, because we've talked about Robertson and everything that he's doing, but Miro, the dude has 73 points and 62 assists this season. And then you look at Jason Robertson, 46 goals, 63 assists, 109 points, you know, breaking Madonna's records left and right. And this is a team, at worst, they will now have home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, depending on how it plays out and what Colorado does in their last two games and what the Stars do. If they can beat the Blues again and get the points off of that, then it forces Colorado's hand, hopefully a little bit, to have to win out, of course, to win the division. That would put Dallas at 108 points. But Colorado can finish with 109 points. We'll just have to see how it plays out. And the Stars would either play again, depending on how it plays out. It's looking like they would play Minnesota or they would play Seattle in the first round of the playoffs, which would begin next week. I mean, how about that? You know, Tyler Sagan, I think, has got 21. Uh, Pavelski, I think, has got 28. Yeah, man. They got a lot of guys putting the puck in the net, man. And um, that has, that's, those are not the Dallas Stars we're used to. Dallas Stars were used to struggle to put the puck in the, puck in the net. And if they don't play good defense, then uh, they're going to have a long night. So, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, – I haven't watched them much this season, if at all. Uh, I've been following them a little bit more lately. Uh, but now um, – you know, I like playoff hockey. They've got a good team, and so I'm going to tune in and check them out, bro. Hell yeah, man, because they, I mean, they've got a legit, they've got a legit shot. They they are legitimately, will it, will it happen? I don't know, but they are legitimately one of the best teams in hockey. We'll, we'll see how it goes. They, they got a lot of guys who can st- score, and they got a terrific goalie. So that puts you in a place where you can compete on a given night. Yeah, and they're fun as hell to watch, man. I And... I haven't gotten to see a lot of stars because they don't show them locally here, obviously, but I've seen them probably five or six times this year when they've been on national television, which is fantastic. And it's been a lot of fun. Now the stars aren't going to have home ice throughout because they're not going to catch Vegas and you know they may catch Edmonton for the two seed. We'll have to see how it plays out. Of course, the best team in hockey is the Boston Bruins, but we'll see how it goes, man. Playoff hockey is a lot of fun and I'm just glad that one of the teams in Dallas is going to give us some playoff action to enjoy. (laughs) 
because they should get out of the first round. It, it would be very surprising if the Stars don't at least get into the second round and then it gets wonky because you're probably playing Colorado, Vegas, or Edmonton, and all four of those teams, along with Dallas in the West, are pick pick one out of a hat. Who, Whatever goalie gets hot, that team is going to make the run through the West, and the Stars have just as good of an opportunity as the others do. Right. But that's our podcast. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend here in April. We'll be back for you next week as we move closer to the NFL draft. And we'll finally get into some Stars playoff action next week as well. So enjoy it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.